I love that song. Yeah. So I would, I would like to hear what the uh, seventeen strong and growing. That's it. <laughs> We're picking yes. up pace. Yes. <laughs> like to hear what they think about the song. They like it. I heard uh, somebody all already just kept Jeff. Gem the Dawn. I had volume on full blast. So when it came on, I leaped from the seat like a cartoon character. Oh man, he so, caught the vibe. He definitely caught the vibe. Caught the, it's like. It's like a specific, like kind of like a Jamaican kind of West Coast also flavor. Like sounds like some Cottonmouth Kings would do. Who, yeah. Um, and um, makes me feel like I'm in Jamaica on on the beach, on the beach, having uh, locals tell me that they have uh, the chronic when it's really ragweed. <laughs> when it's just ragweed. Seaweed, maybe. Yeah, that's a dried up seaweed or something. Yeah, I got the chronic man. Hey, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we're live, and it is one of a kind with RVD and Katie. So, hey. a very special guest hey, here. Baby. Thank you, baby. Mm. And yeah. Rob and Katie told me it's equally cold in Las Vegas as it is in Pittsburgh. So, how about that? How about pretty wild. That? Pretty wild. So, and uh, but hey, we got we're live. So, fans, if you guys want to interact, ask a question to Rob, feel free to feel oh, yeah. free to donate to the show, do a super yeah. chat or a super sticker. We'll definitely get to those questions. Uh, use hashtag AskRVD to hopefully it will stand out too, and uh, we can get to cooking on stuff. But, Rob, this is the earliest that I've uh remembered to check in and look at the chats. So, oh, we're just improving all the time. That's it, you know, this is uh, we're rolling, moving, and shaking here. It's that's that's <laughs> learning, learning as we go here. Am I being detained? <laughs> well, Rob, uh, so somebody broke a record this week, huh? How about that, dude? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, I'm proud. Let's share it. I'm surprised he didn't do it before. Like, uh, Gigi Mufu, if you don't follow him on Instagram, you're missing out on uh, a freak of nature dude is always uh showing off his athleticism and uh he does crazy stuff he's jacked but he does backflips and splits and and he lifts the gym so if you if you follow him or or can find old posts he's he he he, he lifts up like the whole squat rack you know and a load that up and carry that around while he's got a fucking uh, dip chain weight. He does all kinds of crazy stuff and um, very entertaining though. And he's crazy. And you know what? I bought some smelling salt because uh, I watched him do it. He'd go and he rah before he does a lift. And I was like, man, that looks good. And I, but I, I don't, I've never had a, a time to use it though. Like I have it and I've had it for the longest time and I still want to try it. But I'm like, when's the right time? Like, I'm not going for like a maximum lift or anything like that. Like, ever. I don't know. 
But, uh, sometime I'll use it though. But, but yeah, that's him. Uh, and uh, so you were aware of him before he did. He broke this. Record. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay. I just yeah. Matter of fact, he did one before where he he he. Let's see. He had a foot under each chair, and he held a barbell over his head with weights on the barbell, doing like an overhead press, and he and he held that, and uh, while his feet uh, spread into a split, and he went down into a full split across the separated chairs, holding that barbell over, and I thought, wow, that's you know maybe that's more impressive than what I did, but always always been a fan. Holy shit! Wow. Yeah. Well, let's uh, check it out. First, I have we I have a clip here of uh, the previous record holders here, including a certain someone that is with us today. Oh, gee, um, that should. I was the first record holder and setter, and that's cool. I see. I, I've been seeing that lately, like different people that have done. Uh, Juji's the first one I've seen beat one sixty six point five, but. I've seen a few people doing it with uh, with lighter weight, uh, heavy weight still, but working their way up. And I was flattered. You know, it's cool. I said it. They're, they give me credit. Hashtagging Van Dam Lift. It's really cool, you know, because uh, I was inspired, obviously, um, by seeing the man himself, Jean-Claude, doing the split in all his movies. In Bloodsport, it was across a couple of chairs. And uh, King of the Kickboxers, he got it in there by being tied to some trees, um, Lionheart, everything. He always would, like, work that in. And anyway, uh, I was doing that in the gym while I was trying to put on size lifting. And and I thought of doing weight while I'm split across the benches. So I started doing, like, dumbbell curls, something light, even a tricep overhead uh, press and uh, – um, what I really liked was jumping into it and landing, bam, in the split uh, across the separated benches without falling, you know, like, bam, having the balance. Um, and I got to where I would jump up higher and higher and do that. And uh, I never, with the weight, I never, like, did, like, a full workout, like, uh, you know, like, I wouldn't recommend, like, you know, you want big biceps, you know, do dumbbell curls while doing the splits. That was <laughs> It was all for show and for something I was trying to get better at uh, specifically. But a guy that I looked up to in the gym at the Y Center in Battle Creek saw me jumping into that split and kind of blew my dream away by saying, uh, what What do you do that for? I was like, um, I, I don't know. It's fun. He goes, no, I mean, if there was a reason, I'd understand it, but – you're going to blow your knees out. It's senseless. Are you getting paid for it? And I'm like, um, no, I'm just trying to, uh, learn. Uh, he goes, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, I guess, you know, he's right. I don't want to blow my knees out. That would suck. All athletes that I know that are older, blow their knees out. I don't want to go down that route, you know? So anyway, um, as I was putting on size and uh, lifting weights, you know, I, I I used to power lift, not competing, but that's how I first started lifting weights. That's how I got taught was power lifting. So it was all about moving the heavy weight. You know, I was uh, benching over for squatting over five. And, uh, and and now, you know, for, for not being one of the bigger guys from my day, 
sometimes when I hear what was impressive by their standards, I'm like, damn, really? Like I was not that far out of the ballpark from what some of these big jacked up guys were doing. I just didn't look like it, but I did put on some size and shit. And so when I did the uh, Van Dam lift, I was showing off for a picture, doing the split, holding a dumbbell up and posing a 110-pound dumbbell. And then it was a 135-pound dumbbell at the Gold's Gym in Savannah um, when I was older. Um, not still a kid at the Y Center, but this was probably 96-ish, 95. And anyway, um, then everybody saw an ECW with the – officials around me i'm not saying juji didn't have the official so it doesn't hey, so it might not be official <laughs> quite possible though since the officials weren't around him it might not count in the record books because they did have to measure everything weigh everything and as a matter of fact the first attempt that i did was a failure uh a lot of people don't know this but in my outtakes uh it, it, what sucks is there was a local wrestling team from um, um, Valley Forge, I believe, or Pigeon Forge. Valley Forge Fitness Center is where I was, and the, the, the wrestling uh, team from the local high school, they were all there to watch me do this. And so while we were filming my first attempt, they were all behind me, and I was like, now when I, when I lift this up, and the officials said, you know, it, my hand had to, had to be at least as high as my, my navel, um, maybe I had to clear my navel, I think, in order to, to boom um, as far as lifting up. And I had a weight belt on, and uh, as Juji found out, the dumbbells aren't really made for doing this. But my first attempt, I said, okay, when I get it up there, because I'd never done more than 135, but I just knew I could. I didn't doubt it. I was like, when I get this 166.5 up, it'd be cool for the camera if everybody was chanting rvd rvd and they're like yeah let's do it rvd everybody was, everybody was all fired up Fonzie's like yeah daddy let's do it all right let's go blowing his whistle rvd all right cool let's try it so all right cool ready boom i'm rvd blah 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 watch this shit and i uh, and i'm lifting it up and then i got stuck on my weight belt the top dumbbell got stuck or maybe it was the bottom dumbbell either way it was stuck and i couldn't lift it i only had like two inches to go but i was like uh, and the more i pulled the more energy i was wasting but it wasn't going anywhere it was stuck on my weight belt i dropped it there was no rvd chant it was just failure it was like oh i had to i had to you know de-split myself and the, the team had to get on the bus and leave. They were going to a meet, you know, somewhere. And so I missed that opportunity. And then what I had to do was make my own dumbbell by uh, putting all the heavier weights on one side of the dumbbell and then the lighter weights, uh, the smaller weights on the top side so that the top side would clear my belt, I guess. And the bottom side, I guess if it was stuck, I still got my hand high enough. There was a lot into it. And if you look at the Christmas tree shaped dumbbell in the uh, OG record setting, you know, that's something you'd have to have a really trained eye for, I would imagine, but that's, that's a true story behind it. So the second attempt, Boom, I got it. The judges were like, up, oh, you know, and uh, gave me the signal to go ahead and drop it. And um, I missed that part of Juji's. But anyway, he said, uh, he said he had 180. Uh, yeah, 
150 pound dumbbell and then he taped i guess three 10 pound uh plates to it uh, with duct tape or something so. oh shit well now rob did you ever figure out though if if it was doing the lift itself with the dumbbell is does it end up kind of being beneficial for you or were you more con still concerned about your knees when you would do it i think it's more of a show off thing in general but i mean there's proof of people that really push themselves and they're freaks if they're not already genetically contortionist there's a lot of people that you can see they go way past the split you know and their body goes way down and the legs go way up and it looks freaky yeah. and i imagine they must have got that way from uh really pushing themselves um unless they could just always do that like i said and, and they're just a genetic freak but i i do think if that was someone's goal you know um then then if you keep at it then i do believe you could go past the uh, normal standards you know just like national geographic geographic magazine i learned about the in the african tribes how they would put all these rings on their neck just to stretch their neck and if you do it enough and they wear it long enough guess what you you are a giraffe so the physical body will adapt if you want to yeah maybe take a nap in the Van Damme lift split position and see how you are waking up. Yeah. Like even back in the day, tidying the corset so much and the waist being so small, like waist training. If you do yeah. that, the consistency, your body will just adapt to it. So I got to move the, so it wasn't just for, uh, for holding it for the minute, but also training your body. Huh? Yeah. That's okay. You can leave that on the ground. Okay. We have the video here too. Put that on something I needed. Ooh. My beverage. Yeah. You got my uh you got the video of me doing it? I got the video happening. Yeah, let me put up the share screen again real quick. All right. Now these are like the previous three, the top three people before uh Juju did it here. So let's share this out here. I'll pull this up and hit me. I love you. Yeah. All right. Mm. Okay, Lucas Aaron, yep. 150 pounds. Whoa, I don't think I've seen yeah. this. No, dude, I didn't see a lot of this till recently. And I've seen two or three. I don't think I've seen anybody else until just uh, a few weeks ago. You just the split yeah, it. Bro. Up, up, up. Boom. I think yeah. it's got, yeah, dude. Looks as good as mine. Good job, dude. Fucking A. Wow. He did it too. I think he just. Try why didn't he just try the extra 17 pounds? Yeah, right. Throw something on there. Oh, there we go. Nice. I don't know how much weight that was, but good job. He's even got my wrestling singlet on before. Yeah, he does. The 95 singlet. Yeah. Yay, there's RBD. Yes. There I love how you go into it. The originator. Talking all cocky. Wanting all support. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were doing it one-handed at first when I saw it. Right. Obviously, I'm very comfortable in that position. Just chilling. Yeah. Uh, Yours goes deep as well. Uh, you can't really – wait, is that – the? no, that is the 166. Okay, yeah, you can't really tell. Like I said, the dumbbells on one side are the smaller plates, but you can't really tell, I guess. That, yeah, I think that might be the first time possibly that I called myself the whole show. Oh, really? Wait, is he going to do it? No, I thought so too, but he's uh, just, it's just the end of it. 
He didn't say nothing. What did he say? Oh, they just put a clip of him in yeah, it. Yeah, just say uh, I wish he said something about it, man. I love yeah. that guy. That guy was so cool when I oh, when I was there. Him? Yeah, when I did the draft picks. Oh. Remember we did we recorded something where uh, I come out of my office. Yeah, oh, that's where I had the card upside down. You had the card upside down. You're like, oh. in it. yeah. But yeah, I just I thought he was a really likable dude and uh, answered questions I was asking him about peptides and stuff that I was just learning about and. Yeah, and, and plus when I see him play the guitar to the dude coming out, I, I loved how committed he was to it. Oh, yeah, he was definitely committed. I, it'll be very interesting to see where he lands because he's a free agent now. He got released, and so um, he's such a talent. Like, that's, yeah, he's, he's going to land. Yeah. That's something that they all got to learn, though. They're all like, I thought everything was going fine, and, you know, they just uh, told me the next six months what we were going to do. I don't know. what They all got to learn that that's how the industry is. Like, it always has been uh, the whole time I've been in it. And so I just tell people, you know, don't really believe and commit to the idea that everything that they're telling you is going to happen is going to happen the way they said it's going to happen because it's probably not. <laughs> Well, Katie, did, has that ever happened to you too? Like where you you had some expectations and then they all kind of fell, like kind of dissipated in it and, and from a wrestling perspective? Um, I guess maybe. Yes or no? <laughs> I guess COVID was something because we, like I just signed to Impact Wrestling and then um, we were just, we were filming for TV still, but there was no crowd because mm -hmm. of the pandemic. And so it was still fun. I love being Rob's manager and wrestling, um, but it would have been more fun with the fans because, uh, you okay? Yeah. Well, oh, that face you made. I sucked the joint in my hair. You did? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, it would have been more fun to have the fans there. Absolutely, yeah. Dude. Have you ever had a promoter tell you, we're going to do this and you make you the, the champion and have you go over these people? And then, like, later on, then you're like, hey, wait a second. This is yeah. not what I was told was going to happen. You ever been in that situation? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's part of the business. Yeah. 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 And that, yeah, like you said, and especially in like the show business kind of aspect of the things, the entertainment, everything kind of changes. And I mean, that changes with anything, too, with it, what it, whatever you may be work. So, yeah, it definitely happens. True that. True that. Show right. People that can also watch live on YouTube yeah. at the Real right. RVD. Oh, no. It's, yeah. Right? It's on my page live, right? It's on your, yeah, it's on your YouTube yeah. page. RVDpod.com. If you head there, that's where you land. RVDpod.com. So, show, show right. Well, if you go to my YouTube page at the Real RVD, you can't see this right now. It's not there. Yeah, you can't at your YouTube oh. page. I'm asking. I don't know. Oh yeah, no, because people are commenting yeah. on it from the from you. Okay, I thought so. Yep, and uh, here's a comment here, a super chat. Thank you, Show Ryu King. What up, RVD? Blessing and bong rips from Detroit. So there you go. Appreciate it, man. I was just yeah, asked about my availability and interest about going back to Detroit for the Astronomicon, Ooh. which we just did a few months ago. You didn't go to that one, huh, baby? In Detroit, I don't. Mm, that doesn't sound familiar. No, I don't think so. But uh, so I might. When was that? Um, I think April. So I might be going back. If so, bring RVD some pre rolls. There you go. There you go. Bong reps sometimes are looked down upon in the conventions. <laughs> <laughs> are they really? Sometimes. Sometimes. 
depending on what kind of convention. Right. Where you are, who you are. You are. Another super chat we got here. Nick Cross. Uh, thank you for the Nick Cross to make it jump, jump, jump. <laughs> Happy New Year, Rob, Katie, and crew. What's the best sativa for a euphoric creative high? Looking for something to help in the studio while writing music. Is there anything that stands out to you, Rob? Sour Diesel. Sorry Diesel, it's called? Sour Diesel. Sour Diesel, okay. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not saying necessarily I feel really strongly about that, but that's what comes to mind, so I'm going to go with that. How about that? There you go, Nick. Try that baby out. Um, okay, so this is so apparently Eric Bubenhagen told Chris Van Vliet that he's essentially retired from wrestling now, or at least for now. Um, well, yeah, okay. But that usually means I don't know what I'm going to do because uh, unless people book me, I'm not going to be working. But if they book me, then I will be. I think it probably means that. And if he has a 90-day clause or something where they got to pay him out still till the expiration of his contract, then, then you know, he'd be chilling until then uh, anyway. But I don't know. I mean, I say that generalizing, not knowing what his interests are. I just, but I did see the one interview, one interview that he did. Uh, it was with Chris Van Vliet. I saw part of that. Mm-hmm. And he seemed more, um, like, indefinite about what his position in the wrestling business would be. Yeah, I mean, if you're only a free agent, if you're in the industry or attached to it, right now, does it kind of help you with almost like leverage or your star power too? If you kind of imply that, oh, I'm kind of retired, so it's going to be hard to get me out. Does that kind of help? Does do you think that can kind of help in a certain way? Where it'd be like, oh, no, not know. someone with his experience. Yeah, no, okay. no, and and maybe not in general. Anyway, I don't think so. Okay, okay, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Now let's watch the record breaker here real quick. I forgot to share even him doing it. So, uh, oh yeah, man, Gigi Mufu. Follow him on uh, Instagram. Dude is a freak, and uh, I bet he breaks all kinds of records. In fact, I'm pretty sure I've seen him do it. I believe it, man. Geez, he's like you can tell he he's got some uh, momentum behind him there. So yeah. let's take a look here. Uh, here it is. Oh yeah, the girl too. Uh, yeah, I was gonna share that picture too. So. I like the way he goes into it. He's he fucking he can't hear the audio, but he's like, let's go. Jumped up into it. Jumps down. 180. Yep. Yeah. Little roll, little double <laughs> bicep. All he's missing is doing the thumbs at the end. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> Next time, motherfucker. Juju yep. Mofo. Get some judges in there, so it's officially official. Hey, right, man. You, we, this ain't no backyard kind of promotion here. <laughs> but what if those were foam weights? <laughs> the all around, all round weightlifters association. Everyone knows that. Right. <laughs> this was a freak weightlifting organization that officiated it. They specialized in doing odd lifts. So you know, I, I was shopping it around. Trying to see who would have interest in uh, helping me gain exposure for this at one time. I can't remember who started telling me, but I had a really impressive picture of me with the 135 in Savannah, Georgia. And I was jacked up and uh, probably like 240 pounds. And um, it was just an impressive picture. And a lot of people would ask, you know, like, have you talked to Guinness about this? Or you talked to Ripley's? And I'm like, 
geez, don't you gotta have an elephant stand on your leg for that kind of stuff? But then I did look into it, and, and uh, somebody gave me somebody's number. Somebody and somebody gave me. I ended up contacting uh, this this guy up there in the um, I, don't know, I guess the tri-states area. Uh, don't know where he's from, but like three different officials had to meet there in order to make it official. So that I remember it was a big joke because I don't know if you know that area. You know, you live in that area, dude. Valley yeah. Forge. Oh well, that's more uh, Philadelphia area. Well, okay. East East Pennsylvania. I'm so I'm Pittsburgh, so West Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Because uh, yeah. so one thing that was funny, I was telling Sabu about it after I talked to the the guy on the phone, the official. I wish I could remember his name right now, but it's been a while and I haven't said it or read it or anything. But anyway, the guy said he was going to get two other officials. He just had to because we had to schedule this and coordinate and make sure they're available. And he says, "I got a guy coming uh, coming down from Lebanon," and I was so excited. And I was telling Sabu, "Like, yeah, man, one of the guys is coming all the way from Lebanon." And then, uh, and then, like, uh, we're driving, and we're on our, our way to the Valley Forge Fitness Center. It's like cool. It's in like uh, 13 miles, man. That's going to be cool. And then we pass a sign that says "Next Exit Lebanon." <laughs> I knew that. You know, <laughs> Sabu was like, ah, you thought they were coming from another country, didn't you? I'm like, I, man, I don't know. That'd be Which, like by, the way, by the way, so it was Lebanon, Pennsylvania, but um, by the way, AW, wait, All Round Weightlifters Association, um, were, they're domestic, national. They do one arm bench press, one arm deadlift, like, odd ball lifts that they're interested in. And they told me at the time that I could go for setting it as a world record, which would have been pretty cool, you know, and maybe looking back at it, maybe, but it didn't seem feasible at the time because I would have had to go to this, this meet that was coming up in um, Romania. Okay. And uh, yeah, like I was like, I, I don't know, man, I'm 25 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Romania is a bit of a ways. <laughs> I don't know Romania, but I don't no, Romania. now I've been to Romania, you know, in Bulgaria. And, and now, of course, I'm a huge superstar. But anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's the story behind it. Uh, the Van Dam lift, the failure, the success, the progression. And it's pretty cool seeing people go for it now. And I, I always wondered why nobody went for it, pushed me so that I would beat them because – it wasn't like that magic number, 166.5, ended up being like the most I could possibly do. It was kind of something we just picked because it was Fonzie's body weight. Yeah, yeah. I had done the 110, no problem. I got video of me. I can hold it and talk to you like I'm talking to you right now. Now, this is only 110 pounds. Don't worry. I get much more impressive than this. Boom. <laughs> And then uh, anyway, we went to 166.5, and I really thought someone would do 175. And then you go back and forth. 95, yeah. But now, I don't know now, man. They waited so fucking long. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what – okay, at that time, what weight do you think you could have done it at? I don't know. Um, I think – because I didn't even work towards it at all, you know. So um, if I would have worked towards it um, – who I think I could have, I think I could have mm, come close to two hundred. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I could have pushed it. Do you credit a lot of that 
ability to do something like that. Not only, obviously, you're flexible, but I mean, like flexibility, strength, and balance. You have to have all three, or you can't do it. Okay. And you have to not just have them. You have to be extremely uh, well gifted in all three in order to do that. Oh yeah, I could imagine. And well, I was just going to even mention like you all had that natural strength and muscle in your legs. I'm sure that helped in a certain way with stability and everything like that too. You know? I'm sure. I'm sure. Probably so. And I do feel it afterwards when I'm doing it with the weight, like the next day and stuff. I I would be like tight in in the groin area um, because I wouldn't do it for like months in between. And then I when it's a photo shoot. Hey, I got another pose I can do. You know, I just like pull it out. Yeah. Wow. Well, you seg you set up a perfect segue for our first sponsorship. No, nope. not, 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 it's not about pulling it out, is it? No, is it's it? not. Okay. But I mean, Rob, you're known to work stiff, but hey, a lot of people oh. want to work stiff in the bedroom all the time. Yeah, it's not about pulling it out, is it? It's not oh, about it pulling it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> this episode is actually sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex, guys. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets as a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead, be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew tablets are made in the U.S. of A. and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So you can be missing out on the best sex of your life. And hey, Blue Chew wants to help you have a better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free, F-R-E-E, -E, when you use our promo code. Rob, guess what our promo code is? Can oh, my God. I'm scared to ask, man. What What are they telling the – what do the people have to uh, to say? RVD420. One of a kind. No, that's too many letters. Too many letters. It's simple, Rob. It's RVD. Pod is RVD. Oh, my God, baby. I've been – I'm a uh, – You're a Blue Chew promo code. I'm a promo code. What <laughs> other height would you reach now after this? <laughs> so, yes, use our promo code RVD at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code RVD, to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast. I'll let you know. Hey, baby. Uh-huh. How about that? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, what a start! Hey, oh. <laughs> my best, my best audience all day long. <laughs> Do you want to have this baby? Sure. Yes, well, so I don't know if you heard, Rob, but this past uh, Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, uh, your uh, protege, your little, your prodigy, <coughs> Hook, is he's going to challenge for the AEW World Title against uh, the hot dog saver himself, Samoa Joe. So that's next week on Dynamite. So um, nice. interesting that those uh, stars are crossing with one another after, you know, we talked about Samoa Joe and obviously you worked with Hook. Um, what do you think of Hook overall, like from that, 
yeah, I know you've only had two interactions with him when it comes to in the uh, ring stuff, but um, overall, do you think he has that that capability to reach that a top star level, like in pro wrestling? Well, um, from what I know about him, absolutely. Uh, what I don't know about him is very important here because this sounds like a good matchup. It's probably a really exciting matchup if if you followed the pathway that Hook is on and seen what he's overcome to find the obstacle that he has now with Samoa Joe. I haven't, unfortunately, been uh, following the matches he's had since me, so I don't know that part of it. Otherwise, you know, it's, it sounds like, you know, cool couple of guys that uh, do some uh, jiu-jitsu, some mat wrestling um, with one of them being uh much bigger much more experienced and uh you know and uh my dear friend samoa joa so sounds like it, it might be a schooling of sorts you know but i'm sure that um if i knew the bigger picture and knew you know what uh what his pathway um uh, coming up into in, in until he's facing samoa joa it sounds like it would be i'm sure what they did is uh compelling that what I from what I, I didn't get to see the segment quite. I saw screenshots of it and all. And from what I heard, the crowd he was super over with the crowd was hooked. You know, the crowd was really into it. And they kind of almost did a thing too where Samoa Joe basically laid a challenge out to a, like whoever like had a good record in AEW win loss record. And then almost like the bat symbol popped up hook on the arena ceiling and nice. came out and like confronted him and stuff. So pretty good setup. Um good moment. Good moment. And uh, it's the so is the heel is the champion with the open challenge to find the challenger. That's that's always like a, a decision you got to really think about if you want to, you know, if you want to let that happen uh, as opposed to the other way around. Because sometimes it can it can seem like you only got one guy or something, you know. Or uh, but uh, that sounds really cool and. Uh, Hopefully I'll, hopefully I'll watch it. I think we uh, got it on saved on the DVR there. Huh? We've been watching a lot of that. Um, we've been watching docudramas. First, first was the uh, the little um, the little troll girl, um, oh. Natalie. Uh, curious life of Natalie. Natalia Grace. Natalia Grace. Yeah. Oh, is that on Netflix? Okay, that one, and then also the uh, Gypsy Rose. Yeah. The other one, I was like eight hours or something of our life. You know, it's a Netflix show called The Act, and it's Hulu. Eight, oh yeah, on Hulu. Oh, Hulu. Okay, and it's an eight season. I mean, eight episode in the season. It's so, so good. good. Yeah. About the Gypsy Rose. Do you know who that is? No, I, I have no oh, idea. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, they're both you know in the news and the media. And she was a girl that her mom made her act and feel like she was handicapped her whole life oh i heard about this i heard about this yeah so man I, we both found the uh the series hard to turn away from and uh all three of us and and then um we just finished the eight episode series and there's still like another series i think i heard that tells her side of the story and then there's still the documentary series that's not acted out that we were watching before we flipped on to this. But if, it, if, if something's really good and can draw you in 
Um, it's cool to spend some time learning what you can about it and seeing the different sides to the story and especially uh, something entertaining and and good and educating. It's, it's yeah. a really interesting story. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's called The Act? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll remember that. On, my, on Hulu. On the Hulu. Sweet. I have Hulu. So I'll definitely check it out. Um, when it comes to like, so Samoa Joe just won the title basically. So it hooks his. Wasn't first. he the Ring of Honor champion or no? He was the TV champion. And then they he vacated it when I believe he was challenging for the the AEW, AEW TV champion, not Ring of Honor champion. No, he was the ROH uh, television champion, but now he's the AEW World Champion. So he's he defeated MJF uh, a couple weeks ago at uh, World's End. Cool. So so Hook was going to be his first challenger, basically. And the kind of question I wanted to ask you: What would kind of be from a I guess if you're doing from a wrestling perspective and thinking about it from the booking aspect. Probably Samoa Joe will come out on top on that aspect of it all because it's his first defense. How would you kind of book Hook safely to make him still look strong after it's all said and done? Being the smaller opponent, too, on that. Well, I'm writing in my notes to tell you not to ask me how I would book stuff. Okay. In future episodes. Okay. <laughs> Noted. Duly noted. How I would book uh, um, the kid? Is that what you said? Or yeah, how would you book Hook to still remain kind of strong in the aspect of maybe coming out on a loss on this one? Man, those two could have a, uh, a stellar match regardless of the finish that could really build and should really build Hook's position his um his status he should be able to i mean if 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 they have like a really really great match where they earn you know it's cool when when two people go at it and they earn each other's respect um but also first off you got to earn the crowd's respect and uh when you can do them both that's sometimes like a really special moment and i could totally see that happening with these two guys, you know, I could see Samoa liking Hook, um, you know, and, and, and maybe who knows, maybe he wants to take him under his wing or something. I don't know. I like that because, Rob, I guess they positioned Samoa Joe, too, not as a heel necessarily, and he wasn't considered necessarily a baby face either. He was just Samoa Joe at this juncture. So it's like it's not like he would be compromising who he was as a heel if he was doing something like that. So it could totally make sense to have that happen actually like end in a respect kind of way. So I like that a lot. So there's the belt. Is it the other room? Oh yeah. You want me to get it? Yeah. Oh, all right. We have a couple super chats here too. Um, this is you, we've already talked about this Orlando, but I'll pop it up here. Orlando Herrera asked, and thanks for the $5. He said, Hey Rob, what was your involvement with the five-star comics? So, Okay, so the story with the five star comics, um, there was a uh, thanks, baby, a friend of mine that had a lot of comic books. And um, man, where did I meet him? I feel like I'm, I'm not really sure where I met him. I feel like I met him at a f flea market, but I don't think it could have been the savannah flea market anyway there's a gentleman 
good dude. His name is Craig Nobuyuki. And uh, Craig Nobuyuki, I start being, you know, we've, we're friends, we're hanging out. And he pitches this idea to me about being a silent partner on a comic book store. Uh, he was going to use a lot of his inventory, you know, to start, but also grow. And, you know, I thought about it. And this is, I don't know when this is. This is early WWE. So 2003, maybe. Feels like around then. I don't know. Um, and I'm liking the idea because I always am a sucker for a business idea, you know, like too much. Yeah. She knows. <laughs> and a lot of people take advantage of me all the time. But and you're stuff. optimistic. I'm optimistic, and I like the idea of something working out, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like being part of a good business opportunity. Uh, and so anyway, I, 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 you know, I said, you know, if I'm going to be part of this, I mean, is my value in my investment financially? I'm like, why not put my name on it instead of being a financial you know, silent partner, why not have it be like RVD's comics and then help use that to draw people in, you know, and, and we could do signings. I don't know. Well, they like the idea. They, cause there was someone else involved too. Maybe Todd Tochioka somehow. I don't know. But anyway, uh, we ended up getting together, running RVD's five-star comics out of the Lakewood square mall um, I owned it. At first it was with Craig. We were partners. Uh, he contributed his inventory. Um, I contributed my name and value and got wrestlers in there to like sign once a month and stuff. Uh, but poor Craig really got the right end of the stick. I always feel bad for him because um, my team, in other words, uh, my accountant, business manager, those kind of people that are looking out for my best interests, wanted to make sure everything was done exactly by the book and that we had an inventory done on every single comic before it came in and the value of what that was and put that up against the value of um, whatever else there was. But anyway, in the long run, he ended up getting screwed out of the whole deal. Uh, and had to walk away from his inventory. And I don't remember exactly how it happened, but my accountant explained it to me as if it made perfect sense uh, because that was what was on paper. And, and, and I've never even talked to him about it since then. You know, I always felt bad. I ended up with one picture in a frame of his, of some princess, and uh, and he always wanted that back, you know. And I was like, oh, "Cool, yeah, I'll send it back to you, or we'll meet some somewhere." Never did. Now I don't live in L.A. And it was L.A. too, not Savannah. Now that I think about it, um, when I met him, so couldn't have been a flea market. Where did I meet Mr. Nobuyuki? Anyway, um, so he ended up having to bow out, and then it was just mine. And then what I did. Uh, was go in there maybe like once a week. I pick up my weekly Wednesday comics from my list that I was reading at the time. I'm not currently reading anything. Um, I, I would look around and 
take mental notes and tell the people, you know, like, hey, this looks like crap. Can we clean this up over here? Or, you know, how about if we put that on the shelf and it frees up space over there? I would say I never open up the cash register one time. So not the best job at being a business owner. I trusted everybody. I did have cameras in there. I had a lot of young inexperienced people that, as I was told, learned a lot about themselves at my expense. But uh, every like month it would be like, hey, the store needs this much more money. I'd put it in. My accountant would give me shit and say, we can't keep doing this. You gotta make money uh, from that store. You can't keep funding it. You're just going down this rabbit hole. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Um, and anyway, it lasted about three years. And then I did just stop funding it, closed everything up and then uh, learned a lot more about some of what was really going on when I wasn't there. Um, and I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that I, that I would never will learn about because I was very trusting and, uh, and um, it, to my detriment, you know. So that was, that's what happened. I had it at the Lakewood Mall for a year and the rental agreement was set up there in a progressive direction where the longer I'm there, the more it'll go up. They give you a starting rate, expect your business to pick up. And then uh, they kept wanting to raise the rent, raise the rent. And I moved it to something that was less expensive, but it was out in Lomita on PCH close to my house. I lived up on the hill there, so it was close, but it was kind of hidden. I kept trying to put a sign up on the roof and trying to draw attention to it because it was easy to pass by and not notice, but it lasted there maybe another couple of years. We kept doing the signings like once a month, lots of uh, good memories for the people that were able to make it. Lots of uh, wrestlers that I'll always be grateful for. For instance, because I was starting out, what I was doing with the wrestlers, they would sign and I was splitting the money with them. Uh, I was doing 50-50, which they didn't really necessarily know when they were there. They were like, all right, cool, thanks, whatever. Uh, Batista, and I didn't know, you know, we were that good of friends. Yeah, this was way before Wrong Side of Town. Mm-hmm. He did the signing there, drew the biggest line we ever had, and then said, nah, just keep it, you know, good luck with the business. No shit. So that I'll never forget. You know what I mean? Like he's cool forever in my book. So um, he doesn't even probably, I don't, know, I don't even know if he remembers that, but he, I'm sure he doesn't know that it means that much to me because I never talk about it. But um, yeah, stuff like that. But we had everybody though. Benoit was there, but Kane, Trish, Lita, Tajiri, Booker T., um, I have a picture collage of all the photos of everybody uh, that was at my store, Hurricane, Tajiri, either location. And uh, so um, I owned it and I took the, uh, I financed it and I took the financial hit. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of a shame too, because like a lot of times comic book shops, there's a, such a passion behind it too, that like if you get the, workers that are, care about it and everything like that, that can really grow into a, a 
kind of good business. It does depend on location a lot too. I mean, like that's a sure, sure, sure. Like I said, I never even opened up the cash register. Like yeah. I, I really, I trusted everybody like way, way, way too much. There were a lot of times over ordering, and so I was trying to oh. get to the bottom of that. But besides that, um, I really should have been on it a lot more than that. I was busy on the road with WWE at the time. Um, that's uh, one thing that my evil ex actually admitted to was she said that she regretted that she didn't help out more with the store instead of sitting on her ass when she was just five minutes up the road when it was uh, uh, in need of some proper management. But uh, anyway, um, uh, I got some really cool statues in the end. Hey, that's good. Yeah. Hey, nice. <laughs> Ghost Rider ones? Yes. Some. I got, you know, I don't have any of it probably anymore, but yeah. I mean, basically had a lot of merchandise, eBayed whatever we could. Boom, boom, boom. You know, lesson learned. Yeah. Katie, has there been any uh, business ventures that you kind of went down that you weren't, uh, that kind of didn't work out or you kind of had issues with or anything? I'm way more skeptical to things than Rob, than Rob is. Mm -hmm. So I'm normally, if anyone comes to me with business ideas from the beginning, I'm just like, no, I don't want any part of this because I've been taken advantage of in so many ways in my life to where I just don't even... I don't even like the gamble. I don't even like the risk of it. Right. And like the time and investment that goes into it, I'm sure is like another aspect where it's like, you know, that's, I, I'm with you on that, but I also feel the optimism too. So I'm like in between a lot of the ways. But yeah. yeah, it's hard to sell her on something, you know, um, when it's a, a risk or a gamble, um, even, you know, if I'm excited about it, uh, sometimes, you know, but, um, it's all good though. Uh, it's, all good. it's a good balance. It's it's good to have that. You know, the skepticism is always good. Yeah. Optimism is good too. So yeah. <laughs> so there you that's go. We, we we both learn from it, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. That's, that's what makes opposites attract. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a yin yang. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, Rob. Here's a question, and feel free to answer it however you want to. But uh, Mr. Whisper uh, donated five bucks. He's like, Rob, any thoughts on the Jericho con? Huh. Um, look, RED wife is hot. Thank you. Thank you, Appreciate the positivity. Super hot. Thank you. I'm trying to find that one. Um, yeah, it's an unfortunate thing for him. I don't see an upside to it any which way. If there is one, I can't imagine what it would be. Uh, all these rumors, bad things being said about him uh, very likely might cause stress in his, for his family, home life, maybe, you know, I always think about that. Um, and uh, um, it's something that I kind of feel like might just blow over because it kind of seems like it has like it seems like in a day or two it seemed like oh my god wait till all these you know like there's a lot of pots that are simmering you know like they're about to but and then it seemed like oh i guess maybe maybe not so i don't know you know maybe 
maybe the stress, drama, uh, and eruption of the wrestling industry will be minimal. I don't know. Maybe. I think it goes in the aspect of, um, yeah, how fast the news cycle kind of goes. And it's just unfortunate. Like, some of this stuff gets caught fire on social media, and then that's how, how it all kind of spreads and gets more word out where it, not everybody knows the details of anything and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, like but to that, I also will say like, we all know that we live in that world. So right. our actions ha are, are ours to make. And we make our actions knowing that we live in the world of social media. So uh, to not expect stuff to get out if there is stuff to get out would be foolish it's very true too yeah good point yeah you talked about that too uh on previous ideologies how about like uh you know all that's you know you are responsible for how you're kind of portrayed online and everything like that so. um cool hey the writer of your new uh music your music uh vd VBDC, Venus Beach Dub Club, 1999. Thanks, man. He said, I played re a reggae festival in Demotion in a, and Demolition Derby in uh, California in 2017. RBD was also booked to receive some cannabis award. RBD showed up late and ended up doing commentary for the Derby. wonder if he remembers it. It was pretty trippy. Do you remember doing commentary for a Demolition Derby, Rob? Do we know his name? The guy that did uh, my music? BBDC. I'm not sure. Yeah, if you want to chime in with your name, hook us up. Venus Beach even... Dub Club. Yeah. The Dub Club. I love the song. Yeah, I love the song. I like, yeah, I don't even listen to music. And uh, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I do like reggae. And, uh, but yeah, the, I love the energy, you know. But um, yeah. I'm still, when I listen to it, deciphering some of the words and say, oh, hey, he's talking about me. So I still got to hear it more. Um, Derby, California. 2017. Um, there was a cannabis award. <laughs> oh, I got it. Yeah. I, I Oh, you mean this? Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, oh. Speaking of awards, check this out, dude. Fucking Lifetime Achievement Award for all the advocating, all the attention RVD has brought towards cannabis, helping legalize it, getting it out of its shitty hole. It's penitentiary that it's been put in unnecessarily, unlogically, and unforgivingly. So, anyway, yeah, I remember that Venice Beach Dub Club. Matter of fact, uh, my good friend, Medi Medicinal Mike. Medi Mike? Medicinal Mike? Medical Mike? Medical Mike. Medicinal Matt. Medical Mike. Um does this like I think every year and he gave uh Willie Nelson one, Tommy Chong one. Oh he might have given Snoop Dogg, but I'm not sure about that. So don't hold me to that one. But anyway, I, I am on a uh quite the uh the the list, the Mount Rushmore of advocates in the celebrity world. So pretty cool. And um but what's weird is that 
I don't know what I got there late for because I had enough time to go around and do dabs at every single table um, that was at this little yeah. uh, festival. I remember that. Um, but um, it was a uh, like like half of it was like um, kind of like a convention where it's booth after booth tables um, with wax or, or weed. You know, they're, they're, I go to a lot of e events like that. Sesh. It's called a secret sesh, but this one was a secret. That was part of it. And it was on a demolition track. So part of it was going and sitting in the bleachers and watching these cars wreck into each other. And then once the debris all over, watch the people try to go buy it and uh, something other than cars. I can't remember what it was, but it was something crazy that was a draw. Um, but before the Derby, though, uh, maybe there was a wrestling show that maybe I was late for. Maybe I missed that. I don't know. But I know I remember Mike bringing me around from table to table to table. And I just had the most amazing endurance that, that night. And Dabs. Dabs were fairly new, like I was just building up, getting my condition to them, and uh, had been doing them just for the last several weeks at that point in 2017. And uh, and I do remember uh, before I went out that night, I came across a um, Adderall, and yeah. I I take an Adderall, and I just felt energetic, and I felt like Superman, and uh, walking up and down all the aisles at that. Um, uh, market, mart, whatever we can call it. I need a thesaurus to come up with a better name. For the, um, anyway, everyone that's Hey, RVD, what's up, bro? Hey, uh, you want to do a dab? I'd be like, sure. I was doing the biggest dabs. And like, thanks, dude. Like, wow, man, that's wow. That's good, man. What is that, man? That's great flavor. I went table to table and like, um, I, I only coughed one time, like at the very end, I was like compressing the hell out of myself. Like each time I was like, oh my God, like that fucking, maybe, maybe it wasn't a Adderall. Maybe it was a, maybe it was a superpower underdog energy pill. <laughs> That's what I felt like. Damn. Yeah. So you, I mean, at that point too, Rob, like, now I'm a novice, obviously, with when it comes to marijuana and smoking and stuff. But like, you had such a high tolerance level for that that it like you weren't too affected. You were affected, but you weren't affected to the point where it's like, oh, uh, beyond control or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it, and it, just like anything else, it depends. Uh, well, like most things, anyway, it depends on how much uh, time you spend doing that. You know what I mean? So like, when I met Katie, uh, doing dabs was the uh my consumption of choice and i would do, i would just do it all day um uh, dab after dab um when i'm sitting around smoking you know i mean i do other things but then i would come back to it and sometimes i do other things but anyway i was just so conditioned to it that it was that when people would come over to my house to smoke with me a lot of my friends they would just fucking put them out and they wouldn't realize it you know, I'd, I'd be like, are you sure you want a, a second one? They were like, yeah, if you're doing it. and I, But, I mean, I do this every day. Yeah. You know, like, I smoke dabs. They're like, dude, I, come on, man. I smoke as much weed as you. I'm like, all right, two dabs, tops. Three dabs, too much, if they've never done it. Um, I lost uh, Medium Rob. I lost James. Um, I lost that one uh, comedian dude. 
that came over with Tim Chisbar and uh, maybe someone else. And all these guys, they they take it, and then all of a sudden they're just like too high. Um, three of them I lost because they went to the bathroom and just never came back. Oh shit! Yeah, what are you doing in there? Staring in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> and the other guy, the comedian guy, he sitting there. He just switched. We were doing a business talk, and he switched. The only thing he would say was, "You motherfucker, you motherfucker, you got me." Oh my god, dude! I am so you motherfucker. Yeah, I was like, dude, I told you, you motherfucker. Oh my god, you got me, you motherfucker. I'm so. Uh, and I was like, bro, I told you, don't do it. But anyway, uh, it just depends on what you're used to. Like you smoke a lot, you know. I, I smoke pre or not. I roll them so they're pre before I smoke them. I don't roll them as I'm smoking them. Yeah. <laughs> not during rolls, they're pre rolls. But no, I smoke mostly doobies, and so. A lot of people will, if they hand me a doobie, a joint, and they say, bro, all you need is a couple of puffs off that, man. This shit is, it's like, dude, fuck off. You're not me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why? That doesn't, that's so stupid, but that's our ideology. Everyone's got a different perspective on everything. But, yeah, so, anyway, um, because of that, right now, dabs will kick my ass. I'm coughing. If I do more than two... I'm probably going to stare at myself in the mirror because I don't normally do that uh, as it's months go by in between it. So they pack a greater punch than smoking. Yeah, it's like a bong hit, except for you're doing a concentrated high ass fucking amount of everything in the plant that gets you high compressed into a tiny little uh, uh, piece of wax of uh of different um integrities and then you're you and then super high fucking heat you know 400 700 degrees burning it so that you get the whole thing like boom, you know like boom it's gone like boom, all at once so there's nothing that compares to it there's guys that we know like uh -huh. um on uh instagram i haven't seen a post in a while but you see them all the time at the secret sesh which is one of these conventions that was every week in la maybe it's still there these guys were super cool used to uh sometimes get some product from them hi d hi, and uh anyway um, i was just i was just telling d this story yesterday actually how are you yeah i remember that because oh. she was asking about dabs because i was like man i gotta pull the dabber out and been so long but these motherfuckers like i'm saying you get like a little a little ball a tiny little ball of wax and it's like so concentrated it's got like all the wax you know the it doesn't have the terpenes and everything but it's got like all the crystals yeah. in, in anyway um these motherfuckers that are conditioned at it they'll, they'll they'll pull a big string out of it like it's taffy like it's taffy all fucking stretched out sometimes they'll do like a two foot a two foot fucking, um, it'll be, it'll take one guy with the lighter, another guy's holding the fucking uh, rig, and uh, another guy it will be, will be holding this like two foot, maybe longer. I don't wanna, I might be underselling him, but at least I've seen at least two feet of it. It looks like taffy, like stretched out, and it's all high concentrate wax, and he just. <laughs> And they're lowering it as it's going into his lungs. Oh my god! And then it'll be like, oh, like Godzilla. And 
not even fucking cough sometimes. And like that takes some serious conditioning. It just depends on uh, what you're what you're used to. Right now, a bong would make me cough my ass off because, you know, I just not conditioned for it. I could probably do like a quarter of a dab and be flipping the fuck out. <laughs> That's yeah, so happening. strong, yeah. But yeah, that used to be just like uh, the everything. Thing is, uh, you, you got to get the nail. That's what you call the the bowl that you burn it on. Uh-huh. You got to either burn it with a torch, which looks sketchy, especially if you're in the car with a torch. Looks like you're doing some other drugs. Yeah, right. Which actually are, are safer according to the Controlled Substance Act, anyway. Um, or you can get like an electric uh, nail that preset the temperature and shit if you're if you're into it, if you use it enough, you know, but yeah, dabs. How about that? Well, funny enough, uh, VVDC chimed back in. He said, Demolition Derby, it was actually called Dabolition Derby. So. That's right. That is correct. Yep. Demolition Derby. And then he chimed in too. His actual name is Seth. Seth. Okay, good to know, man. Fucking love the music. Like yeah. I want to... I'm going to start using it to come out to the ring, too, Ooh. and I do all my commercials, too. And yeah. every acting part has to change the uh, credit uh, song at the beginning to do that. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to change my ringtone. <laughs> your ringtone pops up. Yeah, I love it. What what is it? Was it what's your ringtone now, Rob? Is it uh, Warrior? <laughs> it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick off the phone, something. Yeah, something gimmick. That used to be the thing is changing your ringtone up. I yeah, like right, your yeah. ringback tone so people could listen to a song while right? they waited for you to answer. Yeah. Yes. That was yeah. so good. That was like early 2000s. I remember being so pumped. Yeah. I, got I have an iPhone that other people have. I mean, yeah. ring that other people have. Yeah, from the iPhone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Why is this so small? WrestleDog chimed in with five pounds. Thank you. Love from the UK. I just made a video about RVD. And now I see you guys live. Hope RVD gets to see it. You over here anytime soon. Are you over in the UK anytime soon, Rob? Um, you know what? I had it on my schedule. I was just telling Katie this. Everything all ties in together. That uh, my agent that books me at a lot of my signings gave me a whole bunch of dates that now uh, months ago and now some of them, uh, I guess, aren't are, are no longer there. And I'm and I'm confused. I'm like, dude, are we still doing the um, Ireland and, and Scotland thing? And and he's like, I haven't heard back from them. I'm like, man, I got it marked on my fucking schedule, but just had that conversation and uh, and going through and looking at uh, some of the dates that were maybe so UK. That's all I got right now for the UK. Um, got people talking, you know. Got a guy from France talking about wanting to bring me over there to wrestle and um wait france isn't uk uk is just uh uk is scotland england scotland and england that's it that's i just it. learned that Ireland and wales 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 too yes okay there you go. But anyway, yeah, you know, usually when we're over there, we go to Europe because it's all they all do. You know, like people over there get on two hour, three hour flights and they see the whole fucking continent. It's part of their living that we don't do here in the States very much. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Russell Dogs, if you want to send send us that video that you made, send it to. Yeah, how am I? What am I going to see? It says he hopes I see it, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You send know, it to uh, Twitter. Or send us a link if it's posted on YouTube, right? Yeah. Don't put it on the comments on YouTube, actually, though. But send it to our the Twitter, at RVD Pod. Why, well, you don't want anyone else to see it? 
Well, no, because it will pop up in the chat here. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to, but share like it with us on Twitter or something like that. So we, okay. I'm sure to get the word out for you. Okay. Oh, uh, hey, Barbara. Yeah, Barbie's here too. Man, what a turnout. We got a over, well, we had over 100 people here in the chat. So I turn the heater off. Sure. Can you turn it off? <laughs> Better yet, can you turn it off? <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> Bam. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Jem the Don, two dollars. Any skating slash surfing slash snowboarding experience? I'm showing my skate tattoo. You have a skate tattoo. Wait, how do I show? Uh oh. Uh oh. This is a hey. This is a <laughs> show. Wait, we're here. <laughs> hey. Down below. I'm trying to see. Oh. I don't know if I saw it. Did you see? Or you Did can you show like this. The back of your thigh. Wait. On the back of the thigh there. Uh, oh, I see it. No, right don't. on the. There it oh, is. That is skate. Yeah, there it is. Oh, the roller skate. Nice. Yeah. Good job, baby. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> Rob, so, uh, I don't. Let me see. I mean, skating. No. Did you skate as a kid? As a kid, you know, just like everybody, we would roller skate, and I hated. As a kid, that when there'd be couples skating, I hated the pressure, you know, because yeah. like I, I felt left out because I didn't, you know, have a girl to skate with. And so <laughs> everyone else would couple skate. I'd be like, man, I'd be like, maybe I should ask that, you know, that girl from, from school. She's, she seems like she kind of likes me. And, you know, uh -huh. and they go up there, but then someone else, you know, grabs her first. I'm like, Man, forget it and just be like sad. <laughs> and then pretty soon, waiting for the DJ, pretty soon she go, yeah. I'll skate. I'll skate. <laughs> and then we go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me and Dango used to, uh, well, we would play roller derby, which Katie is training for right now. Really? You're training oh, for roller derby? Yeah. No way. That's how I met Danette. Really? D. They might not know where it's doing it. Yeah, that's why that's why I might be. No way. I didn't know you were doing that. Yeah. I was on the news doing it too. Really? Yep. 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 Um, but we would me and Dango would do that, you know, try to get away from each other, find each other and elbow each other really hard, you know. And we were just goof off, so we would do shit like that. Or and other friends that would go there with us too. Usually me and Dango were the the goofy ones, you know, that would be elbowing everybody, but they would be our targets too. Um, we had a couple of friends that would usually just just laugh at all the stupid shit that me and Dango did, like Brian Livingood and Rob Smith and uh, some of those guys. Um, I miss them, man. They're good guys. And, um, They're good people, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we got good people here. <laughs> and uh, one of the, my favorite things I used to like doing uh, was when I would see somebody ahead of me while I'm doing laps, you know, somebody that I know a target um, was to time it so that I would get up and, and, and get like right behind them. I'd skate fast, get up right behind them and put my hands on their hips like right before we're coming to the corner and wham and, and push them hard as I could so that they would fly into the wall and miss their turn and go smack. So that's a lot of chaos. Yeah, that's those that's the most 
that was my agenda when I went skating, you know. Um, I never never quite got to double skate, I'm afraid. And, um, you know, of course, there was the vending machines. I like those. Those are nice. Yeah. Uh, snowboarding, no. Um, I, but I did slide down. I sledded, sledded it as a kid a lot, you know, plastic sleds, a uh, little bit of tobogganing. And uh, there was a big hill right by where I lived. So it was like right there, half a block away. So I would walk to there, had a lot of fun. That was like an everyday thing in certain seasons. Used to build ramps and then go up there with water and make it solid ice and stuff like that. Uh, I remember pouring ice out in the road in front of my house or water in front of the house because i thought if i made the roads icy maybe they would cancel school <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just your block you've tried to cover at least <laughs> yeah because because sometimes they would school to get canceled yeah school. right <laughs> sometimes it was because icy roads and i i don't know i i I don't know. I guess I thought the tester was going to come right by in front of my driveway. I don't know. Oh, I got to cancel school. Yeah. The street's done. <laughs> you really have the bigger picture in mind yet, I guess. But right, right. Bucket water. Please, 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 God, please. Rob, did you ever do hockey at all? Or was it, did anybody try to recruit you for hockey? No. No, no, no just a little. You know, that was one of the strangely required – uh, things that you got to go through in uh, phys ed class up there. I don't know if that's everywhere or no, it's not. Uh -uh. Okay. So yeah, just like, you know, we would do soccer and baseball and football. Hockey was one of those things where you, you had to, to play for so many weeks out of a, a semester during gym class, you know, I don't even know if they make you do any of that anymore because it doesn't seem like they should. And I've said that before too, that, yeah. The whole idea seems weird. Like, why did I have to have a taste of so many different other people's lives that I will never, ever use, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, and, it, you know, whether it's easy to look at, like, algebra and say, I'm never going to use that. But when you think of everything, like, why do people that aren't athletes, why do they got to go through football and, and you know, and soccer and uh, baseball and, and I mean, they're going to be an accountant sitting behind a desk. I just don't know. Why did I have to go through music class and choir class? I hated that. That was so embarrassing. Uh, it, oh, my God. It's traumatizing as a kid. If you're shy yeah. and they're trying to make you sing alone, you know. Did you ever have to do a solo, Rob? Did you well, ever I, mean, I mean, yeah. Now I don't think like in a – in front of a lot of people, but in class, everybody did. You you would go, you would do one-offs, go down the line one by one, and it's like, hey, everyone else has to do it. You do it. Why? Why that pressure for a fucking kid? I don't know. Why do I – I mean, I could use some of that room in my head right now if I could free it up instead of knowing the words to uh, don't you step on my blue suede shoes. Right. <laughs> I don't need to know that shit. Let me take up some. Let my mind take up some better real estate with that than that. Yes. Right. Jeez. But I hated that stuff. You know, some kids were good at it, and I, I guess maybe part of my answer, the only thing I can think of, is maybe to find out what you're good at. But 
I don't know if that's enough. I mean, maybe like the kids that really sang good in choir, maybe they wouldn't have discovered their secret talent if we didn't have a choir class, but I don't think so. I think that's bullshit. I think they sang in uh, church on Sundays. They already knew. That's why they signed up. They wanted to show off the little bastards. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just like forcing someone to dance if they don't dance. Uh, why did I have to dissect a fucking frog? That was disgusting. Oh, that was that was not. Oh, they smell smelled awful. What's that? They smelled awful too when you would do it. The smell of formaldehyde, like I, whenever oh. I go, it's it's such a recognizable smell now for the rest of my life. Oh, I I, I feel like I smell things. They're like that smells like fucking formaldehyde. But yeah, ripping, cutting him and ripping his fucking skin open and pulling out his spleen and shit. I don't know that that should be a requirement for every kid uh, in their life to go through. And and wh why? What am when am I gonna use that? I don't right. know. And at that juncture too, what, like you're basically in high school. So if you had a passion or an interest in like all the anatomy and all that stuff, you would have gone into it at some point by then. Why, why do you necessarily have to, Hey, I got to cut open this fucking dead animal and take a look inside of it and see what's, what it's all about. It was junior high for me. Oh, and I, I remember dreading it just cause it was one of those things that everybody knew yeah. if you're in biology and if you're going to, you know, eventually, uh, towards the end of the semester, you're going to have to dissect the frog, you know, and you just knew that going in and I hated the thought of it the whole time, you know, so I can, a lot of people, you know, probably didn't need to take typing because they're fucking uh, baseball players or whatever, but you get the point. I don't know how, how they come up with the required classes. Uh, and I guess, like I said, if the meaning in the answer isn't, just to get a give them all a taste of something to see what they're drawn to, what they have a affinity towards, what they like, what they um, are gonna possibly want to do. If if that's not the answer, then I don't know what is. And if that is the answer, why do we gotta spend so long on it that I gotta learn all the rules to hockey, uh, or else I'm gonna flunk? You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Why does a grade have to weigh on that kind of aspect of it all? Orlando chimed in. He said they have virtual frogs now. So I don't know if you just do it over an iPad. That sounds way better. You know? Uh, yeah, man. That's uh, Why did they do that back then in 87? For me, I don't know. Was... Right. Well, you had Frogger, though. So Yeah. Do -do, do -do, do -do, do -do. Frogger was a fun one. That was, that was always a challenging do -do. one. Do -do. <laughs> Were you good at Frogger? How about yeah, that? Pretty decent. Pretty decent. Not, not, not. That wasn't one of my games that I could last for an hour and just crush it. You know, once, yeah, once it was like really, really. I got pretty good. I had a, I had the home gate version on my Atari twenty six hundred, so I got to where uh, I could get, uh, you know, pretty far. That was fun. I like yeah. that game. I might download it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll close it out with this final wrestling topic here, and then we'll do some RVDology if you have one, Rob. Um, so also on Dynamite this week, it was kind of revealed that Sting's final match, he'll be teaming with Darby Allen, it seems, against the Young Bucks as his final uh, match at AEW Revolution. So Dar Darby's final match? Uh, Sting's final match. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then Darby, Darby will be tagging with him, though. Um, 
seems like a pretty good match to have as a final thing because a lot of like the young bucks know how to work obviously and darby can take bumps like crazy so um yeah i think uh, it just complements sting very well to and gives him a pretty good send-off overall i would think yeah when is it uh march 3rd so uh in greensboro north carolina so rick Mm. flair will be in his corner and all that stuff um some that who I did want to talk about is Darby actually. Uh, and I don't think we talked about him yet on here. He's got a very unorthodox style and does some risk taking kind of stuff, but he's someone that I've noticed that really keeps, uh, is certain to keep the believability in it all too, where it's like, he thinks about it a little bit more. Uh, what have your thoughts been on Darby Allen so far as a performer? Um, well, he's First off, he's one of those guys I have to assume that he loves the business because I see him beat the fuck out of his body up, do crazy things that you don't do unless you love the business. You know what I mean? So uh, it takes a lot of heart to do what I've seen him do. Some of the stuff I've seen, highlights on, say, Instagram, do not seem safe by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, either either some of that stuff is completely reckless and dangerous or they're working RVD, which hopefully it's that. Uh, I saw somebody, um, who was it? I saw... Somebody, um, Christian, I don't know, but like, I think body slam him. Yeah, it was Christian yeah, on the stairs. Yeah, it was Christian. Yeah, so on the steps, on the dangerous pointed, uh, angle iron of metal, and 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 the way they landed and everything, like, just looked like that could possibly break you. Um, and so I've seen a lot of bumps like that. And so I guess that's his niche. That's his gimmick, maybe. Kind of like Spike Dudley, I, I think of um, a newer 2024 version, 2023 version. Because, you know, Spike, if you look him up uh, and look at his highlight reel, like everyone used to love, uh, picking him up for a choke slam and over the rope and throwing him to the floor choke slamming him from the ring. He's got a, I just saw a video of him taking that from so many people uh, and then through tables that are out on the, um, and sometimes no tables, just on the floor, choke slam from the, from the ring, over the rope, boom, all the way down to the floor. And, and, and that is something that you can't really teach somebody. Here's a safe way to land to where, you're not going to get hurt. You know what I mean? All you can do is if you have enough experience to try to distribute your weight as opposed to getting your elbows uh, or knees or ankles where you don't want them through enough experience, then you can like hope for the best. That's going to hurt like hell either way and might do some damage. Doing this on the steps, bro, how's that not going to do some damage? Right. I don't know if he if he if he truly isn't hurt after stuff like that, then the the, the great job. I'm a I'm a mark because uh, I look at that stuff and I'm like, man, if this 
uh, you know, it's entertaining because I'm popping at it. But at the same time, I, I feel for the kid. And I, and I think, how long can he do that? Right. I, I like him just as a persona and like what he kind of does. And I think uh, his pairing with Sting like elevated him. And it's just like a lot of that stuff. You can be selective at when you pick and choose to do those kind of moments. But I would make him very selective and like just to, to preserve your body and to just be able to elongate your career, so to speak, you know? Hey, you know, what's funny is people said the same thing about me all the time. Everyone said that, that I wasn't going to have a very long career because of the crazy bumps in my my style, even just because I jumped off the top rope, you know, because not everyone's even doing that, let alone doing the one I could kick and landing, standing up and shit. But um, I always heard that. You're not going to last. Uh, you're going to hurt yourself. So it's weird to hear myself feeling like I'm telling the next generation what I used to hear. But it, may, but it seems to make so much more sense now. But I got to ask, is it just my perspective now? Like it made sense to them because I get it. If they didn't see shit before me doing shit that I did, but still we're talking about somebody getting by slam from the apron down to the part of the steps that hurts with your whole spine and, you know, and, and other bumps, which don't really come to mind right now. But I know that I've seen a lot of the, crazy flying jumping squashing bumps and and they all look to me like they like they hurt pretty bad so it's entertaining to watch but um you know i i, I question in the long run how much of a career this guy can have well by the way you reminded me that um a few months ago i found myself in uh autograph signing room mm -hmm. at at um, uh, um, what's the one in the south called? The the one that oh, um, I was Wrestlecade. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so we moved rooms, but when I first got there, the first day I was in a room, and uh, Darby Allen was there, and um, and he said, uh, "Hey," he said, "Look, we got all 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 Michigan guys in this room," and I didn't know he was from Michigan. You know oh, that? No, no, I thought he was from uh, the, the Washington area. Wow, maybe he was born there. Let me take a look. Scott Steiner was in the room. Steiner, yeah, he's definitely a Michigan boy, no doubt about that. Was it Nash? I think Nash. Kez, Kez I definitely. Think maybe, yeah. So there was a bunch of us, and uh, let me see. I wonder if he was born there. No, it says Seattle, Washington. Here, uh, you know what? Then he was. Then it wasn't him in the room, but I still know who you're talking about. But I get, I get him sometimes mixed up with. Um, there's another guy there. Is that's, it Swerve? No, Swerve wasn't there. I'm trying there's to think Detroit-wise there. There's a guy, does he paint half his face or something? He looks like him to me, same size. Uh, he is AEW? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll know who it is after we're done recording. That's how it always goes. Hey, hey. baby. <laughs> She's probably not going to know. She didn't hear me. Oh, um, yeah. Where's YouTube Chris at? We need YouTube Yeah, in AEW... There's a wrestler, um, a little or smaller dude with blonde hair that um, I get confused with Darby Allen, but it's not Darby Allen. Um, Do you know who that is? She might know. Uh, and he was in a, sign, in a signing. He's from Michigan because he was in a signing at the um, 
the fuck's it called again? The, um, the Wrestlecade. Wrestlecade. Uh, me and Steiner and Nash, and maybe there was a girl there, and and he was there, and he was like, "Hey, I was from Michigan." But I, when I saw him, I thought he was Darby Allen, but he's not. You don't know? Mm-mm. Okay. That's, That's what I'm trying it. to think. I'm trying to think too. Dang it. I, I I think like if I was to draw them, they would look the same. I think it's about oh, the same uh, size. Cat Orange Cassidy. No. Okay. no. Oh, where is Orange Cassidy? De- decent guess because. That is a good guess though. I saw them around the same time when I. Uh, I think blonde. He was blonde. This guy's blonde too. Yeah, and uh, does Darby Allen team with Sting? Yes. Um. Okay. Because I um, let me look at the, see if I can find uh, if I just look up AEW roster. Nobody in the chat knows. From Michigan. Nobody in this from Michigan. You know, nobody looks. Oh my god! Yeah. I'm gonna. Okay, let me look. I'm gonna look so look such an idiot when it comes out. No, no, no. I don't even know though. Too Rob. Let me see. Yep. People are saying Dan. Uh, I don't think Dan Housen's from Michigan. No, he, I think it is him. Is it really Dan Hausman? Uh, Dan Hausman. Yeah, yeah. Because he paints his face. Yeah, I think okay. that's the guy that I'm gonna get mixed up with. Um, Let me see. That came out. He's from Michigan. Yes, he is. Boom! Give that is. Dan Woo! Wow! Look at that. Give that uh, dude who do we have somebody mentioned it in the chat here. Who was? Who was? Oh, it? V. Just simply V, Dan Housen. He's originally from Michigan and is also an AEW with face paint. He nailed it. Wow. What a team. We could send prizes. That would be cool, right? Yeah. Fucking during our thing like this. Yeah. Have a question at the end of every show. That's a good. I, that's good. A little trivia question. I go to the post office like once every four months. So people have, have to wait on me. Uh, <laughs> so I don't have like uh, someone to do that currently. My eBay guy is in LA and I'm in Vegas, so he has to wait for me to send him a box of shit in order for him to send it out um, currently. But, dude, if it was a regular thing, maybe. I could do a little giveaway. I could definitely get something on eBay that you maybe signed or something like that and do a little giveaway. We could do something like that. I could send a stack of pictures to you or something. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to do this send them out and stuff. And then you got to pay the mail twice. I mail it to you, then you pay the mail again. True. I could probably just mail it out. True. See, either way is fine, though. It, I would. We could make it work. We could make it work. Yeah. We gotta get. What do we gotta get? An address or something, huh? From- yeah. Yeah. Something good. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Well, well, Rob. Well, I gotta get music for this segment, but hey, it's time to wrap it up. Yay. And it's that, you know what that means. It is RVDology time. Do you have something this week? Uh, yeah, you know I say this a lot. It's not, it's not very developed. It's, uh, but I do have a thought that uh, I would like to share and see where it goes. Man, I just lost my pen. Dang it! Well, I see you, pen. Okay. Right. Um. So we so we don't want to use the same music for RV theology that we use for the opening because we use it for the closing. Is we it? use it for the closing and then we use it for the close. Well, so we use it for the opening of this of our of the countdown here. But then we, I also use it for the closing of our audio. My buddy Jeff though is actually coming up with a little like music for it. So once okay. I get that set up, then we'll have something cooking for you. Okay, but I have a request because I just realized. 
that I forgot to, I, I rolled this really nice, pretty nice doobie, oh, but I forgot to put a filter in the end. So uh -huh. while putting a filter in the end, can you, can you ask another question or talk about somebody or can we I can talk. talk about something? Katie, oh. Yeah. I wanted to ask you. Katie, Katie. <laughs> I'll tag in baby. What's your roller derby team name? Partner for life. I haven't had a roller derby game yet. Um, I've just had practice and, um, so I just go by Katie Forbes because oh. the announcers like choose your roller derby name. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah. yeah. And I was on the news talking about roller derby and I was like, it's a revolution. And then the news lady, the caster laughed about it. So that was fun. Remember, how, how are you yeah. at it so far practicing wise? How, how's it been for you? It's hard. It's like, it uses so many different random muscles, skating on a bank track and stabilizing keeping balance um Burber. so that's really hard but a lot of it comes to be um easy because sometimes it's like wrestling on wheels and i love skating and obviously i love wrestling so the mix of the two is really fun and then d is like my tag team partner there so we're the red shirt team so that's like the heels so we do like tag team moves to knock people out. Like she'll punch them and then I lay them out and then uh, give them the boots on the wheels. So, so I like to work all that in there. And um, I love the cardio of it too, of skating. I love that. Now, how long does a match last? What are they called? Just a match or a game or how, how long do they last at these? Can you answer it, baby? Um, I don't really know what the – so they got to – I think they got to go so many laps or whatever, and they got to, like – you got like there's goals of passing certain players, you know, um, while they're doing laps, and then other players will defend that person that they're trying to pass and not try to let them pass and shit. So I don't think it's as much uh, – I don't know. Is it a time on the clock kind of thing, or is it more just like a um, – yeah, maybe there's a time on the clock. Yeah, we have a, we have a clock. You got like a half time yeah, or yeah, and then the bell will ring type thing. You know, how, you, do you know how many how long uh, the timer is set for? Mm -hmm. But it's probably in quarters. I don't know. I'm still trying to do everything with balance. I like how you didn't commit to that. Good job. <laughs> she does like that. She does that to me all the time. Like she'll try to say things that I didn't say and expect me to agree with it, you know, and like, <laughs> like I just did there where I said, uh, um, you know how much time it is? She goes, no. And I said, oh, probably quarters. So like, that's not the she would normally do to me, expecting me to be like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, but yeah like, but I'm so I don't know. I'm not going to commit to that answer. Cause once I've said it, it came out of my mouth <laughs> and I'm the new source. Yeah. And I honor my word. I respect my word. So I'm not going to commit to something I don't know about. Right. Right. I like that. <laughs> Thanks. Well, That's cool, Katie. What else do you have going on, too, coming up? Anything else special? Oh, we're going to Hawaii soon. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Ooh, that's really sweet. Honeymoon. We're going to do water sports, parasailing, jet skis, snorkeling, maybe. Ooh. Where in Hawaii would you, would you guys hit? Um, to... Like... To Waikiki, yeah, the touristy part is uh, where we're going to go. Ooh, yeah, yeah, but all right. Anyway, dude, um, is, any more, baby, that you want to tell them? Mm. No, about no. you? Well, y'all go follow me. Hey, y'all fans. Yeah. Tell, tell me where to follow you. 
Instagram, it's Katie Forbes, the number four real. And Twitter is the T H E Katie Forbes. I'll put it in the chat here too. Yeah, one second. Uh oh. What I do here. No way. (laughs) No how. Look how big my head is next to yours. Your head is like (laughs) that's because I'm farther back. All right, so I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Before we leave for the week, and uh, see you next week, I'm going to drop a couple words to you about boundaries. It's a good subject. Um, It's one of my values, so... If uh, if you're in RVDology, dude, you gotta set yourself up with a good set of values because it's your set of values that you use when you choose what you believe. What? Think about it. Do you choose what you believe, or do you not really have a choice? You just believe it because the facts translated in your head tells you this is the truth. Think about that. Cause I think that uh, we'll get some different answers. Damn. I just broke my doobie. I got to, no. I need to put a crutch on it. <laughs> um, I think there'll be some different answers though. Cause you know, sometimes you might catch yourself saying, um, I choose, I choose to not believe, but really I don't know if it's a choice so much. If you say, you know, uh, this guy, Boom, boom, boom. Okay, you heard him. Do, do you believe him? If someone's like, well, I mean, I, I, I kind of believe him. I don't think it's a choice. I think it's uh, their values, their concept of how everything works, the way they translated the facts that they and everything they heard. They either believe that what the guy said is true or it's bullshit or, or whatever. Um and so um, you set your boundaries also on, uh, on that as well. And here, here's the thing with boundaries, okay? Some people don't have any boundaries, and that's fine. You know, like maybe uh, physical boundaries are, are easy to see because you have a big stone wall that separates your yard from the next person's wall. If that person uh, comes over the wall and he's in your yard, then obviously, hey, man, you've crossed some boundaries here. You don't belong here. That's easy. But uh, what about boundaries that have to do with just you being comfortable in, in your boundaries uh, and even like with, with with conversation, like it's something that I believe is is good to know about yourself because you can keep yourself from being disappointed in yourself. Sometimes you might uh, be around uh, some friends, right? And they might want to start asking. All right, here's an example. Let's say let's say you're a dude, and let's say you really really like this girl, um, and uh, you go out with her. Your things are hitting off. You're like, oh my gosh, she is so cool. I love her so much. And then. Uh, the next day, you're hanging out with your buddies, you know, and they're like, uh, hey, man, are you, what happened last night? And you're like, oh, man, we had a good time, so we whatever. And then they're like, uh, yeah, did you fuck her? 
Now, sometimes that can make somebody feel uncomfortable because they're like, now, if I answer that, I feel like I'm talking down or low about someone that I, that I respect. I feel like I'm talking disrespectful about somebody that I respect. I feel like I'm betraying somebody by sharing information. You, you get what I'm, where I'm coming from? A lot of people aren't prepared for that. And they'll be like, oh, oh uh, you know, you know, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I want to talk about that. Whatever. They can get really awkward, uncomfortable. Uh, I'm here today to give all of you permission to have your own boundaries. And and when they when something conversational uh, hits the alarm that tells you your boundaries are being uh, close to being compromised, here's something you can you can say. Uh, boundaries, dude. <laughs> Just like that. And or it's personal. You could say yeah, it too. Yeah, same, same damn thing. Um, like uh, Dango back in the day used to have a girlfriend, and Tom, Tom was our our older evil mentor, and he did that exact thing. You know, Dango and uh, Julie were really hitting it off. In fact, Dango decided not to go on the road with us for Tennessee because he wanted to spend time. Uh, uh, he missed. He missed his girl, didn't like being on the road away from her and, and stuff like that. And Tom, specifically to try to desensitize him, would be like, uh, what, is she that great of a fuck? I mean, what, you know, how's her pussy? You don't want to hear someone talk like that. But guys will do that. Guys talk around each other like that. And when they do that, it's like they're, uh, they're almost trying to force a bond that you're not comfortable with, you don't want to be on those terms with that person, but it's awkward. So it's good to know ahead of time um, because yeah, Tom, for instance, would say the, that exact same thing and, and make Dango feel uncomfortable. And even early on, you know, he'd be like, well, you think she's the only one with a pussy? There's all kinds of girls out there and put you in an awkward, there's a few different things that I find that people will get personal about and make you feel this way. One of them is uh, sex, which I'll tell you, um, you know, RVDology is something that I learned over many years uh, and am still learning. But the last several years, meaning the last five, the last 10, whatever, I feel way more intelligent and knowing than I was before. And that still continues to grow as I go on. I know more. I got a bigger idea of the bigger picture. But even way back uh, when I was a kid, I hated stuff like that. I hated, you know, trying to fit in. I hated uh, that I was supposed to talk about stuff just because the other boys talked about it. and supposed to do things just because the other boys did. And uh, when I was a virgin, I didn't even tell anybody, even my best friends. When I wasn't a virgin, I didn't tell anybody then either. You still are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really felt like it was. I didn't want to know them that way. I don't want them to know that about me. I don't want to be on that level, that relationship with them and sometimes they won't understand so what so and so said what about you what about you what about you come on then it's peer pressure because it's like well we're all talking about it you know and then sometimes you know you gotta say well you guys can all show each other your dicks too but i'm gonna i'm gonna go find something else to do you know fuck you guys so 
uh, I'm giving you, uh, you know, permission to have boundaries so you don't feel like you betrayed yourself by talking about stuff that you don't. When it comes to money, sometimes people come right out and, and just ask, you know, hey, what kind of what kind of money do you make, uh, you know, doing doing sets and shuts? And on the other side, a lot of people offer that up too. And even that's awkward. I have people do that all the time. Like I'll be talking to someone, I'll be like, uh, "Yeah, you know, I run, I manage the uh, the building down there, you know, and uh, it's pretty good. I got health insurance, you know, and work five days a week, you know. Uh, I enjoy it, you know. Can't retire for a while, but you know, it, you know, it gets me sixty grand a year." And there'll be like some awkward silence. They'll be like, "I mean, that's good for me." You know, as if now all of a sudden they're trying to compare and imagine, you know, like how that translated to me. It's like, dude, TMI, you know, if you really want to share that, fine. I don't know what kind of response you're going to, you're expecting, but pretty much for me, I'm just going to let that roll over my shoulder. You know, I'm not going to say anything about the amount or what I think about the amount. I might just say, hey, you know, good for you. Good job. So something to, to that effect. You know, this or not. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's there's money and and there's sex, you know, and uh, sometimes you actually your boundaries are written out for you. Like, say you're in the mafia. Right. Well, those guys come first. You're not allowed to have anything too personal for your peers there. <coughs> and that's called Omerta. That's their secret code. So. If I'm in the mafia, if I'm an actual member and I'm hanging out right now and my wife and I are about to go to bed, but I get a phone call, uh, you know, and if they say, hey, what are you doing? And if I say, ah, not, you know, nothing, if they want to know, you know, exactly what, what I did or what I'm going to do or whatever, you have a meeting and you hold anything out from them, it could cause you a death. Especially about money because they're part of that. So they want to know, you know, what'd you pull in uh, from that that gas station scam, and uh, you know, what'd you do with it? And part, boom, uh, where's my cut? So uh, all that stuff they come first uh, in wrestling. Uh, it, it, it's kayfabe. That was our omerta, and it used to be like that when it was like a good old boys behind closed doors. You used to. Um, have to adhere towards certain fraternity-like rules. If you were in the wrestling business in the 70s and you didn't, uh, and you had naked pictures uh, of your your girlfriend or wife that you didn't want to share, they'd kick you out of the dressing room. Wow. You know, and that's the way that it was. You, they they came first. They, it was the boys. You know, you would if you started. Uh, um, I can't tell you how many times I saw this when I was really young getting in someone um, that dates a girl. Maybe it's a groupie that all the other guys know, um, or maybe they all see her for the first time together. But either way, if that person gets feelings and, and gets upset when one of the other guys wants to talk to that girl, that wasn't allowed. You were called a fence builder. Wow. No building fences. You know, if yeah. you're not one of the boys, Stuff like that in the real world, I say, fuck that. Have your own boundaries so that you're comfortable with yourself. And you can say, you can do a whole interview on the radio. And then afterwards, you can say, man, I'm glad that I didn't answer that question or that question, you know, because uh, sometimes uh, you open up and it's something you got to learn like uh, we we all do. Um, 
when I first started uh, dating Katie, hey baby, baby, yeah, baby, this is for you to hear. Okay, we're going home with this one. Okay. When uh, I first uh, started dating Katie, um, I for some reason talked to Johnny Stramboli. Oh Johnny, yeah, Johnny the Bull. Yeah, I, I guess he must have called me. Which isn't the strangest thing in the world, but it's it's next to the strangest thing in the world. Okay. Like he lived in Phoenix, uh, in Arizona, and when I would go to wrestle or appear in Arizona, uh, sometimes I would call Velvenus or Navajo Warrior, and I think they would send him. So I got to know him like that. But we don't normally talk. But when I started dating Katie, he uh, I guess he must have called. I I, I talked to him. And uh, and he was saying that he knew her and stuff. And he says, uh, man, one thing I always wanted to know, how's that ass feel? <laughs> they don't even know each other. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. He did it. What? So, <laughs> what did you answer? Right. So, um, man, I, I wonder what I did answer. Whatever it was, it was a non-answer <laughs> answer. You know, I didn't want to just try to seem cool and and that's the thing people feel obligated you know just to be like <laughs> yeah good or you know people feel obligated to respond all the time in places where i don't you know just like if someone said uh, oh you don't know how much money or probably probably was sent like in quarters or something right you know a lot of people would be like oh probably like what would you just pull out of my mouth like a lot of people i catch doing that and that might be like a whole nother uh, day to to spend to pull that that kind of strength and a defense system up, uh, but whatever my answer was, maybe I said you know I haven't really felt it or <laughs> you know because I I probably hadn't it was I don't know it was I probably uh, said I don't know or or something to that effect and <laughs> it wasn't something that like I like I would hold against him like I I love Johnny the Bull good dude but I. It did stick out as like, wow, like he knows I'm dating her and he feels comfortable enough with me <laughs> to ask me something like that. Like, wow, like does he think that he and I are that close or the dudes just feel that close with each other when they subscribe to the bro code, which I think is is the deal in a lot of in a lot of places. But either way, I'm here to tell you. Uh, it's okay to, to have your own set of boundaries where you're comfortable talking. And uh, if someone uh, uh, gets to a point where you don't want to talk, be it money, be it uh, even personal feelings sometimes, you know what I mean? Like someone could just be like, hey, um, you know, how what, how did you feel like when you, when you saw that scene in that Von Erich movie and it, you know, it related to your life and, and your, your brother or something like that, you could be like, I don't really want to talk about that or that's too personal or kind of crossing boundary with me there or fuck off dude how about that <laughs> or you can answer it but that's the thing is you have the choice don't ever think you don't have the choice i'm giving you the right to have your own boundaries uh for people asking you questions and also when you talk to other people too Think about that. You know, there's a lot of questions that I don't want to ask anybody else. One, because I really don't want to know the answer. And two, because I feel like it crosses the boundaries of 
how reasonable adults should talk to each other. So that's what I want you to think about till next week. So happy fucking uh, January till then. Happy January till then. Happy January. Happy January. What a, it's a good one, Rob. Uh, yeah, a good way to put it too. It's either hey boundaries or like it's personal stuff. I don't feel like talking about. It. Um, we did have a super chat chime in. Uh, oh, a couple of them real quick. Okay, so here it is. Uh, Jem the Don just said, sending good vibes to Rob, Dom, and Katie. Cheers. Thank, Thank you. you. Awesome. Appreciate the good vibes, Thank and you. I am feeling them. Absolutely. Good. And then we look out with excited to, excited to close off with my with my song, One of a Kind. Oh, we can do that. We can do that. No way. Fitting in ain't easy when you're one of a kind. That's you it. Know, I know that's right. <laughs> RT Machine asks real quick, can you rank the worst to best with the four wrestling rings? WCW, WWE, or ECW? How would you Uh, rank those? Okay. I'll try. Worst to best. What's the worst one? Worst to best. I think it'd be ECW. Wait, wait, wait. Worst to best. Let me do best best. to worst. Let me do best to worst. worst. I'll just do it backwards. And then, uh, because you know what? You might. Hold on a second. Maybe you got him. Ranked worst Can you to rank best the way that you got them in there. But to be honest, I don't really remember how tight. I don't remember that much about WCW's ring because I was so young and green. I'd only been wrestling like two years. I don't I don't remember if it was nylon or cable, but I do remember um, the, the match where well, one was on TV, but I would do I would uh, run into the ropes and uh, I would jump up to the to the middle, in the middle, and um, you know on the top rope, not the corner, but in the middle. I would jump up, uh, and land on my feet, and then do a uh, like a high uh, cross body back into the dude that's in the center of the ring. And so they were probably cable because the WWE ring is nylon, thick nylon ropes. So they're not as tight. Also, because the ring's bigger, the ropes are a little bit longer, which, again, it's harder to keep them as tight. And that's because traditionally they're always made for, like, bigger guys, not guys that use the ropes a whole lot for their tightness. And bounced off them and springboarded and shit. You know, that was very rare back in the day. Um, And in WCW, uh, if you remember, Bill Watts banned using the top rope for a while while I was there because that's just how it was back then. Uh, You didn't need the rope. It was about the the wrestling. And so I think you might have them ranked there the way that you have them in in choice. I'm going to say maybe. TNA, then WWE, then WCW, then ECW, my favorite ring ever. So ECW's tops. Yeah, 18 by 18, still cable ring, uh, ropes uh, with with rubber over them. Uh, Little uh, trivia uh, info here. ECW bought their sweet-ass ring from Rob Van Dam. Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. Uh, so when I lived in Augusta, Georgia, I came across this old NWA ring. Uh, a local wrestler there. Sorry, dude. I can't remember his name right now. 
but he acquired this ring that was left like in the downstairs of the civic center that they used to use or whatever. So it was old. It's from the NWA days. And I bought it from him for like a grand and uh, um, had that. I don't know where I had it. Anyway, I ended up selling it to Paul for like five grand. And it was my favorite ring that, I, that I'd ever been in. And then uh, as, as I understand, as Paul told me, they replaced that ring with another one they had built to be just like it and then put that ring in the wrestling school. Wow. How about that? 18 by 18, favorite size, steel with the turnbuckles, uh, my favorite, and double frame so the bottom of the posts can't move and the tops can't come in because that if you don't have a, a double solid frame, no matter how much you crisscross the cable or wrap around, you're always going to have a problem with them coming in. When you got two or 300 pound guys hitting those ropes, they're going to be pulling, 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 and that loosens the ropes up, blah, blah, blah. You got it in order right there, the RT machine. I think wow. so. And nothing bad about the TNA ring. I just think if I got to label them, that's probably the way I remember them. Yeah. Well, how about that? Jeez. Man, oh, man. All right. What a way to close it out here. So, fun show, Rob. Fun show, Katie. It was awesome to have you here. Thank yeah, you. thanks, baby. <laughs> Always good time. Keep us updated too on the roller derby. I'm, I'm fascinated by that stuff. So cool, awesome. I will. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Cool. It's been good. We'll see you next time here on One of a Kind. With next week. Everybody have a great week and yep. uh, get them, uh, get them blue shoes. Get them blue shoes. Keep calling them Bluetooths. Yeah, Bluetooths. <laughs> Promo code RVD, guys. I can't. I can't say AirPod either. I keep calling them. Are they earbuds? Earbuds. Earpods. Earpods. Earbuds. Whatever they may be. Whatever the fuck they. Yeah. We'll figure it out next. I'm becoming week. my dad. I tell you. Jeez, old man. <laughs> Boom. Boundaries.